This message was recorded live at Elevate Church in Erie, Pennsylvania. As followers of Christ, we follow a God who was crucified, dead, buried, got up, walked out of the tomb, demonstrating that there's nothing that you and I can't walk out of. He doesn't love me based on my performance. God loves me based on my position. It matters so much that we imitate Christ and we live out those principles. There's nothing that you could do. There's there's no great sin that you could have ever committed that would be a barrier between you and Jesus. To learn more about Elevate, how you can get connected, or how you can support the work that Elevate is doing in Erie, visit elevateerie.tv. Hey, I'm excited today. I'm excited to be back. Um, I'm excited to be out of my house where I got a little screaming baby too, so that's good news. Uh, but if you have your Bible, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. Turn to Psalm 139. That's where we're going to be, Psalm 139. And here's what I believe uh, while you're getting there. How much would your life be different? What would your life look like if you really recognize the fact that right now you're not alone, that God is with you? Like, what if you and I consistently and constantly understood that really we are, in fact, not alone, that God is with us. And we're in this series where kind of this is the final installment in this series on prayer. We've been in the 21 days of prayer and fasting. Today breaks that fast. Yesterday was our last day. And for those of you that have joined us in praying, I pray that you would be encouraged to continue to pray. Uh, we've been talking about praying, praying big and praying bold prayers, asking God to do things. We've been talking about praying first in every circumstance and situation. And today, we're wrapping up with talking about praying always. And when you leave today, we got a nifty little wristband for you that has all those three listed on it, just so you remember. So it, it comes to your mind often that we should be praying. And I thought about how do I deliver this today? You know, because when we think about praying always, it's kind of a foreign idea, right? We have all these mental images and pictures of, you know, what that might look like. Um, And so I think today through God's word, it's going to motivate us to approach it differently. That I'm believing today it's going to change what you and I think about praying often to God. In fact, the Bible says this in 1 Thessalonians, that we should never stop praying. So what does that look like? How do we never stop praying? Or your version might say, pray continuously. Or Luke 18, you know, uh, Jesus says, pray always, telling his disciples to pray always and to never give up. That's what we should do. And I'm believing that through this word today, you and I are going to find ourselves in a place, in a position that we would seek God more often than we have been because of this word. We're going to talk about praying always. Now, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. I might offer some suggestions at the end. But I'm gonna talk more about our motivation of of why. Like, why should we pray always? And I'll set it up this way. Most of you know, I have a new little baby at home. He's eight days old, all right? Uh, I'm always aware that I have a new baby at home because we have the new baby smell, but we also have the new baby cry that goes along with the new baby smell at our house. And uh, my wife is really aware, you know, because, you know, she's not here today. If you ever see my wife, You know, during these first few weeks, she looks like a zombie walking around because she is, you know, she's the mobile food maker, you know, for the baby. Um, So she's always with the baby. But I don't know why I told you that. Uh, We have this thing in our house um, that is like this video surveillance monitor now. Now, I know this isn't a new thing. Many of you that have young children, you have babies, you're like, yeah, we've had monitors forever. Well, it's been seven years since I've had our, you know, 
a little tiny person living with us. So the baby safety device market has changed significantly in the last seven years. You can get monitors for anything. Did you know that? Monitors so that you can constantly surveil, uh, constantly you know, be watching and supervising your children because you can't leave a little infant unattended. Like for any period of time, what's going on around my house right now is like, Colby, hey, can you watch the baby for a moment while I shower? Or can you watch the baby while I brush my teeth? Can you watch the baby while, you know, it's always needing the supervision. So they make all these different kinds of monitors. And my nephew, or not nephew, my, yeah, he's, I have no idea what he is, my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law, he came this weekend and he brought us this additional little monitor called a snooza. Has anybody seen one of these things? It's a snooza. It looks like a little clip. You clip it on the baby's diaper, and so it monitors whether the baby is moving or breathing or not, and if it doesn't move, the little thing goes off. Like, that's a whole nother level of paranoia, right? But then, if you go looking on the internet, you can find they also make these little boots now that you put on a baby foot, and then it has this app with it called an owlet, and this thing, you know, like monitors its pulse and its oxygen levels and all this, this kind of stuff, all so that... You, as the loving, caring, cautious parents, can get a peaceful night's rest, right? Much like this lady right here, uh, she's in the commercial, like holding her phone, because that's a normal thing to do, is to sleep that way. That looks awful. But I was thinking about this, and this idea that God is always with us, he's always watching us, and the reality is, you might not know it, but we're experiencing this to an entirely new level, like, like, to a whole different degree that we are being constantly watched. Now, some of you are like, yeah, I know the government's always watched this. I'm not talking about the government, all right? I'm talking about God. Without realizing it, you and I, we can go throughout our lives. And as our own stories unfold, we can get so wrapped up in that that we forget that God is always with us, that we're constantly being watched, that we're not alone. That's why the title to today's message, if you want to write it down, uh, is brought to you by the great theologian Rockwell. It is this, I always feel like somebody's watching me. I always feel like somebody's watching. Anybody? No? Okay. Rockwell said, I always feel like somebody's watching me. I can't get no privacy. Oh, Psalm 139 is where we are. And we're going to recognize that today, there's nowhere we can go, there's nothing we can do without being under the watchful gaze, the watchful eye of God. And that something changes when we realize that. Something changes when you and I constantly rem are reminded that we are in the presence of God, that we're not alone. So go ahead and tell your neighbor right now, hey, somebody's watching you. Go ahead right now, let's play along. Somebody's watching you. And now you might need to clarify that and say, and it's not me. Otherwise, they're gonna think you're creepy and perverted. Psalm 139. This is David having this moment of realization. David having this moment of clarity in his life where he's kind of like the Jim Carrey on the Truman Show. I don't know if you remember that movie where all of a sudden he realizes he's on camera, that he's been watched this entire time. So David has this Truman Show moment, verse one. Oh Lord, you've examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down, when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything that I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. So God can read your mind. He knows the choices that you're going to make. He knows what you're thinking right now. 
You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge, verse six, is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to the heaven, he says, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, you're there. Even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I can't hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. David's having this moment of clarity where he's like, you know, I thought even if I turned the lights off, and hid, you know, that I could hide from you. But turns out, God, you got night vision goggles as well. Now, there are two attributes of God that I want to talk about today. There are many attributes, but I think there's two that I want to talk about. And I won't say understand, because reality is, it's hard for us to understand this. It's difficult for us to get our minds around these attributes, but we're going to wrestle with uh, these two attributes, God's omnipresence and God's manifest presence. His omnipresence and manifest presence. Now, there's multiple attributes of God. One is his omniscience, right, that he knows everything at all times. He's, he's omniscient or he's omnipotent, which means he's all-powerful. He has this unlimited power. But I think the two that will help you and I the most when it comes to adopting this, this lifestyle of prayer, of praying always, because that is the goal, is these two attributes, his omnipresence and his manifest Presence. Let's start with omnipresence if you want to write it down. Omni, meaning all, and present, meaning, meaning there. So he's, he's always there. There's this attribute of God that we can't understand, but we need to believe. We need to have faith to believe, and that is that God is in all places at all times. We'll say it this way. He's always there. God's always there. Like wherever you go. Wherever you find yourself, God is there. And that's what David is discovering, right? In this psalm, he's like, well, what if I go over here? And God's like, yep, I'm there. Well, what if I go over there? Yep, I'm there too. Well, what if I go out to the, you know, the, the, the ends of the earth? I'm there too. What if I go to the deepest parts of the ocean? I'm there too. There's nowhere you can go. And he's not just talking to David. He's talking to you and I. And that's what we need to understand today. That there's not one single place on this planet there's not an area of existence that God does not fill, that God does not occupy. Now, if this is difficult to get your mind around, like, you're not alone. David himself, if you just thumb back to verse 6 real fast, says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. In other words, this is, this is way above my pay grade. This is making my head hurt. I can't understand how this is possible, but like John Wesley said, um, you don't have to understand something in order to believe it. That's where faith comes in. So this is, this is what I don't want you to miss. There has never been in your life a place that you have gone to that God wasn't there, and you have never experienced one moment in your life of ever truly being alone. Never. Like some of you felt that way. But there's never been a single moment in your life, not for a second, have you ever really been alone. In fact, if you look at verse 13, David even says, it was even when I was in the womb, like you knitted me before I was even born. Like you knew me then. You've never really been 
alone. Now, David, in this psalm, he's, he's simply theorizing about this, but there was another guy who actually tried to get away from God, who tried to outrun God. Do you remember what his name was? Jonah, Jonah. Jonah was known as the runner. In the Bible, the only time the Bible uses this exact phrase, uh, it says this, Jonah ran away from the presence of the Lord. Like Jonah tried to get away. And by the way, does anybody remember how that turned out for him? Not so good, right? Jonah realized there's nowhere I could go. I could get on a boat and try to sail, you know, uh, across the Mediterranean. And he's, God's there. I, you know, God was there in the middle of the belly of the whale as well. And I tell you that just in case you ever happen to find yourself you know, in the middle of a belly of a whale, like the whole reverse sushi thing, where whale eats raw human. No, no. I tried that last two services too. I think I'm done, I think I'm done. 5 p.m., you're blessed, you're not gonna hear that. But it turns out God was there, and Jonah was trying to get away from God, right, and he didn't succeed, and you need to know this, you're not gonna succeed either. You're not gonna have much luck either because you can't get away from the presence of God. Now, for some of you, the truth that God is always with you, um, this makes you comforted, but for the others of you, this makes you uncomfortable. And I would say whether or not the fact that God is always here, he's always present with you, uh, makes you comforted or uncomfortable, reveals a lot about what you think about God. Reveals what you believe to be true about God. Because if, if you, you know, knowing that God uh, is always here watching you causes you distress or causes you to kind of live your life on edge or, or fear starts to well up in your heart because of that, then that tells me you don't truly understand the nature of God. That maybe you have the wrong idea of who God is. That I don't know, maybe you, maybe you grew up, you know, going to a church with some cranky pe preacher or some mean Sunday school teacher that was always, you know, God's wagging his finger at you, telling you not to do these things. But that's not who God is. Let me give you another attribute of God. He is good. He is completely and wholly good at all times. He's known as the, the father of light, that he, he loves his children, that he wants to give good gifts to them and do good things for them. He's good. God is not out to get you. He's not watching you to get you. I don't turn on the little video monitor and watch my eight-day-old new baby with new baby smell, right? Because I'm out to get him. I'm not like turning that thing on. All right, Gray, what are you doing right now, man? I'm gonna bust you, right? I don't do that. God's not out to bust you. He's out to bless you. He has good things for you. Some of you, you need to just start there. You need to realize that, that he loves you. He has a plan for your life. He's got a better plan for your, your life than you've got for your life, a better plan than you can ever comprehend. So if your idea of God has been this whole, um, you know, he's always there and it makes you feel like, you know, he sees me when I'm sleeping. He knows when I'm awake. He knows if I've been bad or good, right? And he's up in heaven, he's got a lightning bolt ready with your name on it, then we need to stop right here and right now because that's not who God is. He didn't create you to mess with you. He didn't create you to bust you. He wants to bless you. He's got good things for you. He wants you to live a full life, a life filled with joy and meaning. And what's, what's more is God already knows who you are, what you've did, and what you're going to do. Like, he knows the choices that you've made. He knows the choices that you're going to make, and he still 
loves you. He knows all the sin in my life and he still loves me with an unyielding, unending, unshakable kind of love and he loves you the same way. So you need to know that about God. In fact, right now, what God's doing, because he knows you so well, he's pondering your path, the Bible says. He knows what's on your mind. He knows what what choices you're gonna make. Look at Proverbs 5.21. He says, for the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord. And he's watching you. He's pondering our paths. And even knowing which path we're going to take, he still desires you to make good choices, to make the right decisions. Why? Because he wants to bless you. He wants to rewards you. Look at 2 Chronicles 16. It says this, his eyes scan to and fro throughout the whole world. Why? Waiting to show himself strong on behalf of anyone who is loyal to him. This tells me that right now God's eyes are scanning this room and he's waiting for, for you to, to, to be loyal, waiting for you to, to get into that circumstance, that situation where he can provide strength to you. He's waiting to show himself strong on your behalf. So he's looking, 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 right? Just watching, watching, waiting, waiting for someone to say, all right, just just give me the opportunity to bless you. Give me the opportunity to step into your situation. Give me the opportunity through your loyalty. I wrote this down. Loyalty is, is the gateway to a God possibility. Loyalty is the gateway to God moving in your life. So our knowledge of God's omnipresence, that he's always there, Man, this shouldn't terrify you. This should comfort you. This shouldn't be creepy, right? This should bring confidence into your life. So I don't know what your view has been of God, but you need to know he's watching you, urging you on right now, waiting for you to make good decisions, right choices, so he can reward you and share in those victories with you. And that should give you comfort, knowing that God is always, always there. I'll put it this way. I, uh, I always wanted to be a police officer growing up. I still kind of do, and I might one day. I don't know. I might be too old. But I know we got a lot of police officers that, that come to the church, and we got a lot of popo, a lot of 5-0. I'm glad you guys are here. But I always had in my mind that if I was going to be a police officer, I was going to be, you know, an, an, a detective. Or I wanted to go undercover, right? I wanted to be that undercover guy. I wanted to go on sting operations. I don't even know if they really call it stings. They might, might not. Um, I haven't been told yet exactly, but would it, would it fill you with confidence or would it make you feel creepy and afraid knowing that like if you were on an undercover mission and that you went into a hostile environment and that you were unarmed, but the only thing that you had, you were armed with a code word, knowing that as soon as you said the code word, immediately there was two van loads of SWAT, right, right outside, you know, wherever it was, ready to bust in and rush to your assistance. Would that make you feel creepy or would that make you feel confident? It's the same thing with God, that right now God is watching, he's waiting, and he's giving you and I the code word, right? That in Jesus' name, that as we pray in Jesus' name, he'll do what we, what we ask. That in Jesus' name, he'll break every stronghold. You and I have the code word in Jesus' name, and that comes through prayer. As we acknowledge him in our life. This is good news, but here's where it gets better. Because I just think understanding God's presence that way, his omnipresence, it's just a better way to, to look at it. Rather than this being fearful of this God who's out to get you, no, 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 no. He's waiting, watching, waiting to show up in your life, to reveal himself, to be a strength for you 
But number two, even though he's always there, God wants to draw even closer. God wants to draw near to you. Now, this is kind of where my brain starts to hurt a little bit. Because you might say, Colby, how does that work? How does that work that God's always here, but he wants to even get closer to me? And my answer to you is, I have no idea. Like, I really don't. I have no idea. I don't know how that works. I just know that it, it does work. That he's always there, but he wants to get closer. Look at Psalm 34. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. He wants to get close to you. Psalm 145, he is near to those who call upon him. He is near to those who call on him in truth. One more, look at Zephaniah. It's probably been a while since we've gone to Zephaniah. Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will sing you a lullaby when your heart is full of anxiety. I love that. He'll, he'll sing to you to comfort you. So God is always there, but he wants to be even closer to you. That's why this one's called, if you want to write it down, the second attribute, his manifest presence. His manifest presence. In fact, we'll say it this way. His manifest presence is when the God who is always with you reveals himself to you. When the God who's always been there in everything at all times reveals himself to you. Uh, an example of this would be back in the garden with Adam and Eve. Um, God created the heavens and the earth, created Adam, then created Eve, and he, he gave them the, the job to subdue the earth and everything in it. So they're tending the garden, naming the animals, you know, all that kind of stuff, taking care of things. And we would see in Genesis that times they would hear God, they'd hear him walking around, you know, they would do things. But then there were other times, that would be his omnipresence, other times where they would actually walk with him. Like in the cool of the day, the Bible tells us they would actually walk with God. So his omnipresence, he was there at all times, but during unique times, during particular situations, they would actually walk with him. And God's desire for us is the same thing, to manifest his presence in people's lives that would be able to receive from him. A.W. Tozer says this, the presence and the manifestation of the presence are not the same. There can be one without the other. God is here when we are wholly unaware of it. So even as you and I go throughout our days, and we don't even give this a second thought, God is still there, even when we're wholly unaware of it, but he is manifest only when and as we are aware of it. So that's awareness that brings his manifest presence in our lives. So you say, Chloe, how do we do that? Like, how can we get to that point? How do we move God from just being, you know, there to God being like here, to God being with me, to God being close, to God wanting to draw near to me? That leads us to number three, and that is this. Recognition turns the key of ignition. Recognition turns the key of ignition. This is, God is with you whether you like it or not. His presence is always here, but it becomes a benefit to you only when and as you recognize it. Like it's always here. God is always present, but when you recognize it, are you able to receive from it? And that's why I believe this is one of the greatest motivations for us to pray always. 
Because it's through prayer that we recognize, God, God, you're here. Your omnipresence is here. You know, we need your manifest presence. Or God, God, you're, you're, you're there, but we need you right here with us in our situation. And when we don't make prayer this practice of our lives, we forget to recognize that God is with us. And it's my forgetfulness, it's your forgetfulness that is the enemy of God's presence in our lives. We forget. That's why the Bible time and time again implores us to remember this. Remember these commands. Remember, you know, that I'm always here. Don't forget. Always remember. Over and over it says that. So what does that look like? It looks like you and I regularly reminding ourselves that we're in God's presence. Regularly remembering that God is always with us. That we're being watched right here, right now. That he's pondering our paths. That he knows what you're thinking the choices that you're going to make, but he's still waiting for you to make the right ones. He's with us. And over these last 21 days, that's kind of what we've been doing. We've been just recognizing God's sovereignty and presence in our life. In fact, I would urge you, and that's why we're kind of wrapping it up with this one, to continue this process on. And I've just made it a practice of my own that for the last 21 days, before my feet hit the ground, just to wake up, you know, and just say, God, I recognize, you know, your presence with me would you just draw closer to me? Like, I don't sit there and wake up and already get on my knees and pray for hours and hours and hours, you know, and without a cup of coffee, you know, that's sick. Those of you that can do that, I need like six cups of coffee, right, before I even start to wake up. But I've just made it practice just to say, God, I recognize your presence with me. What would your life look like if you decided to do that? Like, when you got stressed out, when you got freaked out or frustrated, what if, you know, before you get angry, you just say, God, I recognize your presence. And now I need your manifest presence. I need you closer. I think it would change your day. It's recognizing God's omnipresence that ignites his manifest presence. And when you ignite his manifest presence, now you can receive from him. Now, now God, who is close, wants to be closer to you. And now, you know, when, when you need the fruits of the Spirit to develop in your life, now they can. Or now, now you can get past that temptation, that thing that is constantly nagging at you. Now God is able to, to do more through your life because you've recognized him in your life. You can receive it. It's the recognition that God's always there that leads to the reception of what he wants to do in your life. And what's tragic about all this is that some of you would say, I understand he's always there. He's God. But you've never recognized him to be able to benefit from his presence, to benefit from him being always there in your life. God said that I will be with you till the end of the age, that he's always there. He's always with you. Now, here's where this is your part to play. We'll bring this a little closer to home. Whether or not God shows up in your life, whether or not he has your back the way that he wants to, hinges upon you saying, I know that you're with me. Hinges upon you saying, I understand the presence of God is here, even in you know, the valley of the shadow of death, even when I get this promotion or when I don't, even when things go my way or they don't, but I recognize that you're with me. And the good news to this is there is no limit to where you can take it, that it is entirely up to you. Because see, I told you, that's what we learned, that God's presence is always here. 
that he wants to draw even closer to you and be near to you, that you can ignite his manifest presence just by recognizing that he's here, that God wants to strengthen you for whatever it is your situation is, whatever you are going through. And perhaps the greatest reason for us to pray always is this last one, number four, is that any space you open, God will occupy. It's entirely up to you. You can do as much or as little of this as you like. Whatever space you open up to God, he will occupy. That God will show up in your life to the level that you recognize him in your life. That he will be there for you. The Bible says this, because you can take it and you can benefit from this today. You can benefit from this this week. You can benefit from this, you know, immediately. Proverbs 8, 17. Those who search for me will find me. I'm gonna have the, the band come back up. Those who search for me will find me. You know what that means? That as you look for God, as you look for God, you're gonna find him. So when you begin opening your eyes to God, what is, your, what is your will for my life? And you begin asking, you begin searching for God, he's gonna show up. Or when you begin saying, you know, instead of just going to work as usual, like doing your thing, you know, why don't you say, you know, God, what do you want me to do in this job? Well, who is it that you want me to, to touch? Who is it that you want me to minister to? Like, why am I even here in this? If you search for him, you'll find him. Or when it comes to your marriage, instead of viewing your marriage as, you know, it's the ball and chain, you know, I'm tied down to this, whatever. Like, what if you said, you know, God, what is it that you want to strengthen? And how do you want me to be a blessing in this? When you search for God in every area of your life, every aspect of your life, you will find him. You seek him, you'll find him. In any space that you open up to him, he will occupy. When you understand that he's always there, he's always there. He is desiring to even come closer to you. And then when you recognize him, it ignites his presence. It ignites uh, his manifest presence in your life. So here, I thought of just a couple ways that we could do that this week. What if you decided that right now, and this is just a small way, just maybe some small ideas. You're going to come up with your own this week. But what if you just decided that instead of like just driving to work and driving home, that I don't know how much you guys drive. I don't know how much you commute to work. But what if you just decided this week you're going to commandeer your commute? That instead of, you know, just getting in the car and mindlessly turning on Star 104, you know, baby, pull me closer in the backseat of your... You shouldn't know that song. But instead of doing that, what if you decide I'm going to turn the radio off? And I'm going to salvage, I'm going to redeem this drive to work, or I'm gonna redeem this drive home. And you took a time just to recognize, God, I know your presence is here. I know you're with me. Like, what would your, what would your job look like if you did that? What would, your, what would that look like when you pulled back up to home after a hard day's work? Like, how much would that change your life? Or I thought of a, another one. What if some of you, you took out your phone and you turned off the notifications on some of your apps? Like it just opened up some space because here's the reality. The average American touches their phone 150 times a day. Like you get it out to look at. I'm sorry, you touch it way more than that. But you get it out to look at 150 times a day. That's once every six minutes. And I know you do it because I've been watching you do it. It hurts my feelings. 
But what if you just said, you know what? I'm not gonna let these apps determine my life and dictate when I pull my phone out because so many people, you know, there, there are, this is what um, people say now, uh, Americans that are willing to admit it, they're experiencing these phantom vibration sensations. Does anybody have that? Like where you think your phone goes off, so you reach for it and you grab it because we are so needing of this, this dopamine hit that comes when somebody likes our junk on Facebook or likes our stuff on Instagram. If, you're, if your notifications are turned on, you know, for every time somebody likes your Instagram photo, like you got a problem, all right? I'm just saying, why don't you take some of that back? Take some of that time back. Maybe that would just be a small thing, a small area of margin that you could bring back into your life where you could just focus it and turn it to God, redeem it, and just say, God, you know what? I recognize you in my life. You're gonna come up with your own ways to do it. Instead of taking that phone out 150 times, what, what if maybe before you even reach for your phone, you say, God, I recognize your presence in my life. It's 150 times a day that you could do that. I just wanna give us an opportunity to create some space, to open up some space for God to occupy and move in our lives. And I'll close with this quote from Oliver Holden. He says this, those who seek the throne of grace find that throne in every place. And if we live a life of prayer, means if we're praying constantly, God is present everywhere. We're acknowledging his presence. We're acknowledging his existence. We're recognizing him. And when we do, that leads to ignition of all that he wants to do in our life, in our sickness and in our health, in our want and in our wealth, if we look to God in prayer, God is present everywhere. Come on, church, would you stand and receive that today? We are always encouraged to know that God is using Elevate to bless people's lives. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, share your story online at elevateerie.tv.